Good afternoon, everybody. We're live on location. Sean Amarod, we are... I don't think we realised... Remember the Seinfeld episode where Elaine realised Jerry had money? <laughs> live from uh, Casa del Cain. Oh, my God. What a overlooking... One. What are we overlooking, Joel Kane? What's the... What's the... We're overlooking good people, Dan. Well, what, what are we... Don't... Listen, I don't know what we're having. Your man of the people spiel has ended as of today. You're in a beautiful two story place in Cronulla, and it's a uh, no country. Let's talk rugby no, 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 as no. I said before, Dean, I was driving in, and you just, you know, there's a bit of money around because the streets just get that little bit wider. And for some reason, the asphalt, much, much smoother as well. Not sure why there, but no, it's a great part of the world, and good to be here. Casa del Cain. Well. Well done, sir. You've invested your money wisely. Here's the deal. You, you can have it if you get the four kids with it. How's that sound for isolation? Uh, can you adopt in these times? Can you put a kids up for adoption? They're nice kids, you though. Throwing the fridge full of beers next to the barbecue, I might think about it. <laughs> There's a lot of luminaries, though, that live rugby league luminaries that live around here. Listen, at the end of the day, Dan. Oh, here we go. I grew up in a family of six uh, kids. We're all reduce a quick start for bread. We're all in the same. We're all, we're all we all came from best. nothing, mind you. Oh. If you do have a bit of spare coin at the moment, which you know it's bloody tough times at the moment, and we all appreciate that. But for the people who who are lucky enough that that do, which I don't, but those who do, um, now's not a bad time. The Buffets of the world would say to dive in. Yes, they? That, what's his? Uh, uh, when the world panics, that's when you get greedy, and when the world gets greedy, that's when you panic. That's right. Yeah. Words to live by. I would have thought right. a uh, fox caller, living by himself, <laughs> no big overheads, he'd be ready to dive in. Oh, there's a mortgage that needs to be serviced. Yeah, okay. Although, I'll tell you what I did. I can, I can talk about this. Um, now's the time to complain to your uh, lender. Yeah, right. Mm. Because I, um, my mob uh, put in uh, the, the RBA... Uh, cut what the last one and uh, the, the one before the last one and i looked at my rate and it hadn't changed but i i suspected they're, they're doing what everyone does they hold it back for three weeks or a month so i put in an email what because I, I i've had this loan for 10 years or something and i haven't i haven't said boo i've just made my payments and marched on what's going on here and they've gone, oh, RBA, uh, you know, we, we, we April 3, and it'll show up on your statement, I promise. And I've just sent back an email. Wow. <laughs> Interesting. Dot, dot, dot. Yeah. Next day, email. Uh, we've spoken to our retention team, and we're going to drop your rate by 0.6 as of today. 0.6. 0.6. That's huge. Is that all it took? That's all. A sarcastic wow. Wow. <laughs> Interesting. The three dots. Ah, uh, okay. The three dots, Shauna, as if to say. And I, 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 I had the shits at that stage. Very sort of passive aggressive. Passive type. aggressive. Yeah, I love it. My favourite type of aggression. But you know, it's got to be believable passive. Because I was, I'm thinking, no, nah, there's something not right here. I'm going to move on. Can I tell a true story? Like in the Fair Dinkum Stakes, I, I actually went to my brother this morning about a refinance just to get that little bit of better rate at the moment. But also too, I said, mate, can you just ask? For a little bit more, just just because you can turn the dial, just put something in the market if you so wish. Yes, gamble responsibly, of gamble course. Res- this is what now. This Which is I the other gambling that's left. I'm I'm very aggressive with shares. I, I don't like to go to indexes and that, and <laughs> it generally backfires on me. But you know, you only live once, don't you, Shawnee boy? That's right, mate. Attack, attack, attack. <laughs> Oh, is this house due to share no, market no, playing? We're not, we're not talking about this house anymore. It's a, be proud it's a of home. It, mate. Be proud it's of this home. It's a home. One person's home is the same as the next person's home. 
as long as the people inside are happy and healthy. Sean, I don't know why he's being so modest. Uh, it's a lovely home, beautiful family. You've done well for yourself, yeah, son. And it's a rugby league podcast. Can we move on to it? So what's happening, boys? We can't the world was clearly going cuckoo when Ganain you knew you were in trouble when would you get seven out of eight or something? On the weekend. Oh, it's gonna yeah, be yeah. like this, is it? <laughs> it's gonna be it? like this. Yeah. That's yeah, when something you wasn't knew. right. Geez, yeah. I missed some pay out so. Yeah. So six and a half. Uh, I think didn't you blokes go five and there was a draw in there. There was a minor. Uh, Penrith won by four. The line That's was four. Right. Was so we push. yep. we pushed. So I I went six and one. But I think you blokes went five and two, didn't you? Or you be? I didn't. I'll be honest. It's been upside down. I haven't done the sums, but I think we all did I pretty think well. I think I might have chopped out. What's Jarv gonna do? With yeah, his he'll find something. He'll pray, find... pray for Jarv. If you need to help Jarv, put your hand out. What I'm going to do, boys? So you guys just talk amongst yourself for two seconds. I'm going to text the great man Emac. The uh, yeah. Sydney trader, the top Sydney trader, to get his best for Saturday, for, t- for oh, tomorrow. please. Yeah, yes. He's a gun. He's an absolute gun. Mm. Yeah. And jewels for Melbourne. Okay, so that's what you're going to get out of this podcast by the end of it. The you're going to get man. the very best. Well, it's going to be up by the by tomorrow. Did you see what they did yesterday at Narromine? Very clever, the boys. Jules is a gun, right. but he's not a gun at Narromine. We worked that out. Right. So he started on with all his attire. It was a proper suit for Narromine. Population of 3,000 people. Who's Jules? Jules Valance. He's right. our gun Melbourne trader. Right, right. okay. Uh, made famous by Three Wide No Cover and the like. So hello, boys, if you're listening. You'd know him if you, if you saw him. Yeah. So anyway, they did a Narromine challenge, and the deal was that he would tip a horse in each race, and if it did not win, he had to remove a piece of clothing. Oh, no. Let's just say he was in the Brazo by the end of it. Now, was he doing it? On, now, is he a good-looking bloke? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so he's doing it on a purpose. Probably. And he, he's too good at tips to not knowing, do it. Uh, knowing, what, so how, how far did he get down to? Uh, how far? Did, I'm going to ring him, actually. Let's try and get him on. Knowing, knowing Jules, the underwear would have been a special piece. Could have been some sort of... The narrow mine would have been small fields, too. Yeah, but... I would have thought. That's what I mean. Like, he's obviously run dead. yeah. He would like to get the gear on. What though. about Joel Kane betting on weather? And then <laughs> and then trumpeting about it. Melbourne's been smashed today, by the way, on the over. I haven't been betting on the weather. Didn't you send no, a tweet? Someone no, sent a tweet to Tim followers. Bailey. Oh, was it? Someone mm. that got oh, all that five. Was Instagram. No, yeah, bloke got all five. And I re Can you multi him? Yes. <laughs> you can multi weather. <laughs> <laughs> I had my first weather bet yesterday. Sean. Same weather multi. It's the next frontier of two, punting. Uh, I only had I had two dollars ninety eight in my account, so I thought let's let's try and launch 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 exactly. Thinking I'll double this, then I'll double it again, then I'll double it again. Had the over for Sydney weather yesterday. Not even close. <laughs> 22.6. I don't think it even cracked 21. Oh, shit. Times are tough. We're betting on weather. What has been the big... Um, what are people betting on? Apart from races. Okay, so, well, have we got races, we're okay. Yeah. Uh, thankfully, the, the negative um, test came back late last night, I believe. So we're racing again. So we Thank push on. God. Yeah, I know. Thank God. Jeez. Mark Zara, he would have been given the big falu treatment if he uh, were tested positive. Yeah. I'm, I feel a bit sorry for him, actually. Well, like, it's not his fault. He was I on know, a plane. But, but his name got out there. And can you imagine if he had have tested positive? Yeah. Thank God he didn't. But having your name associated with bringing the whole industry, industry down. down to its yeah. knees through no fault of his own, yeah. I, feel, I felt a bit, a bit sorry for him. But thankfully, it's um, it was negative. But um, table tennis, <laughs> you wouldn't believe this. The, the biggest day of table tennis turnover in sports bet history. <laughs> is it even on tele? Is it on B in sports or something? Can no, I, you're not, you're not looking so at it. So we're, it we're punting on something we can't even watch. That's exactly right. I want to um, bring out some footage, right? We call him Surveillance Omerod. There's a bloke in the office, Howe, right? He's one of the great men. 
And one of his great pastimes, Sean, he, he just eats at a rapid rate of knots. Like this bloke, if he's attacking KFC, right. which he does almost once every 48 hours, he attacks it with great gusto, great vigour, and right. he's just a man in the zone, right? right. And I respect that. Ne- nearly every second time, this bloke here, Sean Omrod, a.k.a. STT, a.k.a. Sean the Trader, <laughs> he's filming him, right? But anyway, the reason I bring that up is because Howe is the head of what? Yeah, eSports. And eSports are going through the roof. Mm. Esports are going through the absolute roof. It's going to be the biggest, the biggest and best thing that's ever happened to, to Howe, or Noodles as we call him. Noodles. <laughs> head oh, of so, eSports. So he's punting or he's trading on eSports? No, well, so we're, we're, we're soon enough we're, we're going to have um, live vision of, of eSports. It's the next big... It was probably going to be the next big thing in probably 10 years' time. But this is... Uh, well, listen... Um, it up a bit. Dan, there's a blockbuster this afternoon at 5 o'clock, right? This is an absolute blockbuster. And eSports. Yeah. Yep. Fun Plus Phoenix is taking on Oh My God. Now, Oh My God comes into this terrific form, but Fun Plus Phoenix is your Winx equivalent. Fun Plus Phoenix is coming into this at $1.11. Oh, yeah. um, oh My Short. God, six twenty-five. There was a, There was a team yesterday. I'd have a snip at the six twenty-five. Yeah, Alco- I think it's worth Alcoholics Anonymous was the eSports team name. Not sure a lot of uh, a lot of confidence going on. Hey, just on that, I tell you one industry that's thriving at the moment, and my kids collect the uh, the, the 10-cent bottles. There's been a skyrocketing since the work from home <laughs> thing started, let me tell you that much. Hang on, uh, hang on. This is Now, what are we playing? What are these eSports? So the Fun Plus Phoenix, oh my God, head-to-head. Right, you've given the odds, but then there's the correct score, best of three maps. Yeah. You can pick the total maps over under. The map handicap. (laughs) 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 We laugh, but by this time next week, we're going to be... It's like diving at the Olympics. You only have to watch 10 minutes of diving to be an expert. Everyone's an expert. Speaking Uh, of diving, seriously, there's some clever buggers in in our team. Isn't the ad... Aren't the ads great? The, what's it called? Oh, the, the elite, elite athlete. No, but what's the dive called? The uh, Silly Salmon. Silly, silly <laughs> Salmon. Now, do we think Brayshaw wrote that line or uh, or he was someone, someone at Sportsbed's written that? Oh, obviously, they've done the dive, so someone at Sportsbed's written the Silly Salmon. Sounded very believable from, from JB. He was good. Yeah, a lot of buy-in. Very good. And I think stand-by for some more of... Um, some more of the same. I think we can do a Sydney edition with self isolation. Rugby games. league commentator uh, doing <laughs> the, the self isolation games. That's a great idea. I think more suited to Cribs style show. Esports, uh, esports. Here we go. Fun Plus Phoenix is a Chinese professional esports organisation. Yes, owned by video game developer Fun Plus. It has teams competing in League of Legends, Counter Strike, Global Offensive, Fortnite, Battle Royale. And player unknowns battlegrounds. Fun Plus Phoenix's League of Legends team competes in the League of Legends Pro League. Blah 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 blah. But these guys are supreme, mm. and that's why they're a dollar eleven. Dan, they're absolutely yeah. gurus. I would like to take you to Sandbox Gaming versus Griffin. <laughs> Sandbox a dollar fifty two. I think that's value. Yeah. I, I think look, it's it's you know it's, it's two to one on essentially. Yeah. But I think their form suggests that. <laughs> Um, you might that's you might be actually that that'll come in. I'm certain that'll come in before uh, they uh, tip off. What do they do? They uh, at eight o'clock. You tonight. know what? I, I'm uh, I'm prepared to say that we only need you to tip an esport game, and Jar will have that up. <laughs> <between them. laughs> can we see? We, we should see if we can create just a massive plunge. Yeah. on the market. Yeah, let's do that. We'll daily take, weather. We'll up next time. Okay, the daily weather special. So this is the 28th. I gather this is tomorrow, Sydney. 
The over-under is 23 and a half. Mm. Is that what we should do? Should we try and shift the market? <laughs> all the get them on side. Well, the M- Michaeli Ravalawa bet. Let's all just dive into a, an eSport <laughs> and just try and shift the market. How won't be listening to this? Oh, shit. No, he's no, no he's too busy. He's the busiest man. We need one for Because tomorrow. as soon as there's like 10 bets in a row, no matter what the price. Chop, should, chop. Yeah. Is that what you call it? Give it a little trim. Right, okay. Uh, what other Here we go. What, this, is, this is aptly named, right? This is aptly named. I'm going to start this with a, with a fiver. Eight o'clock tomorrow morning, Evil Geniuses yep. take on 100 Thieves. Now, this is written as the number 100 Thieves. If you put that into the sports bet uh, search function, yep. 100 Thieves are $2.26. <laughs> How is going to see this bombardment of money? Are we going to plunge on an underdog on, on the two dollar twenty six? Mm. And us as a get them on side. I'll put cohort. twenty. I'll put twenty bucks on. Oh no! Okay. And I'm going to use one of my uh, mine of my um. <laughs> uh, oh, you can't. It's not a multi. So we win as a get them on side power yeah. play. And you know what? In all likelihood, I'm on. If we get it wrong, and we know you're you're a listener, we'll probably be returning soon. <laughs> in all, all likelihood, I can't sign off on that. So that's no inducement. Um, but 100 Thieves, $2.26. Imagine we wake up tomorrow. I'm going to, first thing I do tomorrow morning is I'm just going to check the price. $1.90 each or two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, how are we going to watch this? Surely it's on some program. Oh, what time is it? Eight in the morning. Oh, yeah. I'll just get the result. Eight in the morning. Evil Genius is the favourite. It's $1.59. You're going to bed at that time, dear. Hey, no, that's, I'm actually working at the moment. Um, I'm one of the lucky oh, ones. Yeah. Um, so talk, yeah, talk us through the, the, that sort of setup. It's radio for... TV, Basically, of, yeah. so they've got Fox League have decided well, we've got to give the subscribers something. Uh, so they've taken off all their regular shows. Yep. Obviously, there's no game. So they've got a morning show, 7 till 9. I don't know how many would be watching that because who's watching TV at that time? Uh, a day and then it gets repeated. But then the afternoon show, which has actually been quite popular, um, and the repeat's been popular because it's 3 till 6. And honestly, it's like this. Mm. Wow. Well, it's just jibber. And but the the producers have got some guests. Like we've just been getting guests after guests after guests. Like did, we had Warney last week, all on FaceTime, and Warney showed us through his um, his crib. Yeah, wow, I did see that downstairs. Yeah. If you thought this joint was flash, wait till you see Warney. He <laughs> has a nightclub. Wow, <laughs> disco ball, a proper bar. If those that walls is, could talk, oh, oh, my oh the walls, please, Jesus Christ, my God. <laughs> Uh, but a proper bar with every drink you can imagine. Like yeah. it, it's like a Hems bar. Yeah. He's in the gin game now, is he? Yeah, I yeah. I didn't, I didn't know that. And then, but he's turned he's turned his factory into a hand sanitizer plant. So it's too shrewd. Speaking of uh, having your own alcohol, I ran into a lady. I did some work with a lady called Justine Troy. She's a New Zealander, and she came out with um, this bottle of vodka called. 40 degrees below or 42 oh, yeah. degrees below. Yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, and it went berserk. And the reason it went berserk, what they did to kick off things, they didn't have much of a budget. They flew into New York and they got these little stickers of their particular vodka. And you know the little hand that, with the little man or woman or whatever it is that crosses the street? Mm. When it says yeah, you can yeah. go, the yeah. green light. Yeah. The hand to go up. And then they put the sticker exactly where the hand was. So every time it went green or or whatever the colour is that allows you to cross the road, yeah. 
It looked as though this. He was holding a bottle of vodka. It's got a bottle of vodka. Yeah. Oh, that's brilliant! And and gorilla advertising. Yes, and, and it took it. so long for them to remove the sticker. <laughs> <laughs> and some of their ads, actually, if if you do Google, um, they're very sport bet esque as far as their ads go. If you Google forty two below or forty below vodka. They're great ads. They're very, very clever, and they're worth watching. Now, I think we're going to change things up because we've obviously got no sport to talk about. Mm. How are you going in isolation, by the way, Sean? Um, learning a lot of things about my uh, dear girlfriend, Vanessa. We actually, she works at Sportsbet as well, but obviously we live together, so there's a sort of double whammy there. Yeah, very, very interesting, some of the things that are popping up. Yeah. I'm not going to go into too much detail because <laughs> well, this will get back to her, and I'll be in deep shit. Yeah. Well, you do know that... Um, so China was one of the first lockdown countries, and then when they went out of lockdown in Wuhan, yep. the divorce rate went through the roof. Wow. It seriously did. I, I, within, uh, on the first day, 88 couples filed for divorce that came out of lockdown. Oh, dear. Now, we've got, we, now let's get some special guests on. We've got someone. I'm going to get you Peter Sterling. Righto. Let's see. Of course, he was part of the original Sportsbed podcast. Yeah. Uh, until you and Sean, uh, <laughs> no, actually couldn't do it anymore. No, nine said no because they did, did their podcast and that opened the door for um, for what we do now. Just uh, to just to set the same, we're, we're sitting on the floor at the moment. The sitting cords, on the floor, there's freaking cords everywhere. Yeah, well, we um, can't be that close to each other. That's no, why. that's right. And we're going to get Stella. Okay, I'm. I'm well, let's see. He just gave me the thumbs up. So um, the original sports bet podcast expert, <laughs> Peter Sterling. Remember those glorious times, Peter Sterling. Well, they can't have been that glorious, Dan, because they stopped, and, um, <laughs> <laughs> and boy, did I miss it. Don't blame us. Blame your mob. Channel 9 said no more. We need you for our podcast. Mate, this is not a time for blame. We no, no, no. That's exactly other. right. We're all in this together. Well, whatever it is, it's certainly a downgrade. If it was too low out, <laughs> Ormrod in. Holy shit. One hell of a downgrade. So remember that great year you had? He was like 16 above 50%. Yeah, you had a monster year. Really? Yeah, that was a good year. I got the pin out and closed my eyes, and, and away we went. But, no, we had a bit of fun. It was it was great fun, and um, I must admit it, it is a bit of a favourite of mine sitting down and especially looking at starts for, for different teams, and um, and obviously always went by the uh, I suppose the plan that if a team I liked was getting start. Um, then that was that was the special for the weekend. Oh, if that you was liked your them anyway. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, so these boys have their own. Sean and Joel, explain your system to Sterlo. So, Sterlo, how are you, mate, by the way? I'm very well, Joel. Yourself? Hey, before we go, before we explain systems, etc., I just want to ask a question which I think the listeners would be interested in. The Channel 9 stable, <laughs> isolation. If there was two that you would really... You may still love them, you may love them, but to be isolated with them for an extended period of time, who would be the two that oh, you'd be going, Oh, that's a question. There's some history here. Well, I'm, I'm not quite sure if I understand the question, but what, what the way I'm understanding it, um, who don't I want to be locked in a room with? It's Brad Fittler and Andrew Johns. Yeah, yes. Joey's a given. Joey's a given. He'd go nuts after six hours. <laughs> oh, can you can you imagine if he doesn't get his surfing fix, he's off the walls. And Freddie, well, I love his bizarre nature, but I think maybe even after a little while that might do my head in. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. The, um, and, and Joel, you were the reserve. You were you were next in line. <laughs> Shadow reserve. What about Rabs claiming in the paper that the coronavirus doesn't bother him? <laughs> Did you see that? <laughs> well, well I, look, I, I put my hand up, and I, I must apologise, but 
he's one person that I haven't rung to just find out how they're going oh. because that's an hour in my life I'd never get can't, back. Can't get it back. Can't get it back. <laughs> Do you know what, Pete? I, I had teed up an interview like a, at a luncheon, which I never, ever thought I could pull off. And I finally had it all lined up. It was Rabs being interviewed by Billy Birmingham being Rabs, right? And it was finally going to happen. And then this, like, I had everything in line. There was not a single thing that could have stopped this train. And then all of a sudden, this bloody thing happens. Literally a million to one shot for yeah. the coronavirus. Joel, 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 Joel. Yeah. You're a smarter man than that. You might have had it all organised. Yeah, it doesn't mean it's going to happen. <laughs> but, but please, <laughs> don't, don't ever think it was over the line until <laughs> it's actually underway. Pete, I'm in a punters club with uh, the big man, Mark Coyne, and a few other uh, characters anyway. I have thrown them a few few uh, tips. That let's just say they weren't great. And yesterday, there was a replay of one of our old matches as Tigers taking on the Knights. It was on uh, being replayed. Anyway, Tigers are trailing 24-0. Now, I clearly know that we're going to come back and win this game with one of the great comebacks. And I said to Daryl, I said, boys, if you can get a live price on the Tigers here, they're taking the Knights load up. And Daryl said, nah, it'll still get beat somehow. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we may be put in positions in the next number of weeks or months where we can actually be geniuses um, with these replays and, and calling over the top because it's going to be very, very difficult not to sort of make, make some pretty bold predictions that might just work out in your favour. Yeah, that's it. I'll give something away. I think Nine and Fox are both looking at running old games. Yeah. I know 2GB are looking at that. I think Triple M. Triple M is running replays for now, but they're looking to get old games as well. How the hell are we going to call games that we know what happened? Mm. Yep. Well, I don't know, Dan, but I'm expecting to be some of my best work. Yeah. <laughs> Pete, what do you think about this for an idea that you, you make up a game? So you have Canberra take on the Broncos, but you mix, mix and match a few games. So people actually don't know what the result's going to be. So you play 10 minutes of the, the game from the 90s, and then you play 15 minutes for the game from the... <laughs> You know, oh, 2005, and then people don't know what the score's going to be. I, Joel Kane. I, I love it, but I'm not going to be the editor putting it all yeah, together. That's a, wow. <laughs> Dan's shaking his head. Wow. As he takes a sip of his third beer. Second beer, mate. I've got to drive home. He's okay. trying to get us pissed. Uh, so, see, the beauty of this, of this period, Dan, is that we are going to hear some weird and wonderful ideas oh, yeah. over, again, the weeks. Because we've got so much time on our hands. That's yeah, right. We did need a coronavirus so, to hear so some weird and wonderful which, ideas from Joel Kane. Um, could go anywhere. <laughs> All right. Now, we are a punting podcast. Best punting result, and not necessarily financial, Sturlow, but just the, the, your happiest punting memory, and conversely, we need to get your most heartbreaking punting defeat. Um, my best result was actually, I, I was aligned with the guy stable, um, going back to Ray Guy many, many years ago, and, and Brian um, and Max were very good friends of mine. I, actually, I was actually a registered stable hand um, down really? there, and there was a race one day at Warwick Farm on a Wednesday afternoon where the stable had four horses in the race called Dream in Vain, Northern Blossom, Ginger Blossom, and and uh, Zar Cheetah. And Zar Cheetah was working the place down, but uh, only to the educated eye of the guys. It, 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 had, it had run four duck eggs at Kembla Grange. Um, it's worked to anybody else, didn't look that good, but um, the guys were basically knew how this horse worked. Uh, so... Um, 
Darren Beedman sat three wide on it um, in an eight-horse field. Not his best ever ride. Won by half a head. And um, that was my best ever result. Wow. Um, my worst result... Oh, this is a strange one, Ben. Mm. Because my, my worst result was I'd followed a horse. I think it was one of Portelli's horses. And I, I believe its first start in a race, um, they took it down to Melbourne. And it drew 18, um, around spring carnival time, it drew the outside barrier, and I thought it ran a, like a slashing race to run about fourth. The horse was called Rose of Peace. Now, I, I followed it and followed it and followed it, and I, and I backed it everywhere. Uh, they took it to scale. Never, never any great result. And I, I, I backed it every start, and I stuck with it on a, on an afternoon, on a Saturday afternoon on a heavy, heavy track um, in Sydney and instead of having what I would normally have on it, which isn't a whole lot anyway, but I, I just, for a token token gesture, I, I threw $20 each way on it, and it saluted at 120 to oh, 1. Oh, wow. Hello. Um, but that was, like, I'd, I'd followed it for a long, long time. <laughs> it owed me that, to be honest. But normally I would have thrown a little bit more each way on it, um, but I, um, I sat there and watched it. It was a bit of a mudlark. And um, and it had it had some ability from the very first start, but it just it never quite got there until that afternoon. And I I, I had my token gesture bet on it, which which it's hard to complain when you're back to 120 to one winner. But you but, pissed off. You only had 20 each way. Oh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. that's the I, first I, thing I, I thought. I'd, I'd, had, I'd had a little bit more on it each and every start leading up until then, but I, my patience had started to wear thin. Sturlo, it must have been around uh, the start of the footy season, right? 17th of March, 2012, the Winona Girl Handicap. Here they come around the corner. Quinn Nuck starting to come into it. Alberton Park is there as well. But Abdullah starts to get out. Here comes the 101 shot flying down the outside. Rose of Peace. And Rose of Peace wins the Winona Girl Handicap at $101. Oh, Christ, the and kids surely Sturlo's unloaded on it. <laughs> <laughs> now you just made up that the, the year in the race, haven't you? Because I've got it here. Have you got it there? Well, well, there you go. That's that wow. was. It's that long ago, is it? Uh, what would you say? Twenty twelve. Twenty twelve. Seventeenth of March. It was a fifteen horse field. Barrier fourteen and fifteen. Soft yep. seven. Maybe it loved the uh, loved the slop sterlo. I did. No, it, it was a bit of a mudlark. Um, <laughs> and it, and. And the, and the beauty was it did pay overs as well. I think it paid one hundred and twenty one dollars on 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 the, on the tote. So um, yeah, and so look, I hate to put that forward as a bad as a bad story because, <laughs> like I say, I reckon if I added up all the other winners I've ever backed in my life, they wouldn't add up to one hundred and twenty yeah, to one. But what he's um, is that he's lost. Yeah, he's been I, I, kissed on the ass by a rainbow. Everything he's touched is won. He wins everything. <laughs> Premierships. His bad losses are winners. <laughs> You just want to be sorry. Sorry, everyone. I'd had to turn Joel's mic down while he was yelling, and then you probably didn't hear what he just said there. But uh... no, I, I, I did. I, I heard snippets of it, and uh, I am very, very fortunate. I've never ever forgotten that. And, and Sterlo, what about during your playing days? Did you ever go into a game with a bit of money on the line, uh, knowing that you're on the field with a it's legal then? Yeah, or, or I'm talking about I'm talking about horse racing. Did you ever go into a game with a bit of coin on the line, and, and you just thought halfway, I need to know the result of this? Was there any sort of scenarios like that? No, look, I, I hate to admit it. I, I was mentally, I was, I was a very good player. Like physically, I was, I wasn't fast, I wasn't, I wasn't big, I wasn't strong, any of those things. But mentally, I was very, very good in games. Um, 
so I, I do hate to admit there were times at half time where I was chasing up the daily double um, result type thing. So I don't know whether my focus was exactly where it should have been, but we did play on Saturdays every now and then back then. And um, yeah, my, um, I made sure Jack Gibson didn't know that I was uh, I was finding out from one of the trainers as to what the, the numbers were and the placings and that. But uh, no, I was I was very good. I actually, because we played a lot on Sundays back in the day, I actually went to the races on the Saturday very very frequently. And, and because I lived around the Parramatta area, Rose Hill was a a um, almost a second home to me for a long long time there. And I guess that's how I became so uh, associated with the the, the Ray Guy stable. See, I remember um, the glory days, Sterlo, of the of games at the SCG, be it cricket or league, and they'd flash the results up all the time. And um, oh yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That, and I, that wasn't a good thing, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> what was the Mark the Mark War story? Didn't he have a bet in the Doncaster, which he tells himself. It's not a... Oh, he got himself out. <laughs> in a grade game or a shield game, he got himself out so he can watch the race. Oh, really? You know, he left... You know Steve Waugh's famous 100 at the SCG? The yeah, one yeah. Uh, where his career was... The next day. Uh, he, he got the four runs the next day, didn't he? That's right. No, no, no. He got the, he got the four runs... Oh, the last ball. The last, last ball. Last, yeah. And But Mark left because he wanted to get to Harold Park for the first. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you a quick story back then. I, um, I used to go to uh, you know Wednesday meetings as, as well at Rose Hill, and the, the guy stable actually named a racehorse uh, Sturlow, and um, it, it, it was it was working great. So and it was in the last race at Rose Hill, and and, and we really liked it. Now I made the, the the silly error of going out there for the first race, so I've had the afternoon there. And I'm only going, I'm really only going out to back my namesake in the in the final event but as you do by the time it comes to the last yeah, race you're, you're I, empty. I, i've got i've got nothing left <laughs> I've, got a, I've got very little left so i've had a look through this field you know i've ended up backing a 20 to 1 shot to try and get out because i had to turn a little into into something <laughs> against your own okay <laughs> yeah so they i'm listening to the race and it's a big field and as they're about to turn into the straight the, the course commentator it basically says, and Sterlow last on the fence <laughs> on a bit in a big field, and I remember thinking to myself, oh well, yeah, we can't win, you know. So and mine, mine sat three wide and was gone before you know, with, with five furlongs to go type thing. I don't, I can't remember who was riding Sterlow that day, but it may well have been George Moore because it was like <laughs> something he'd blown the whistle, and the whole field moved off the fence, and Sterlow shot through. Oh no. And, and and ended up winning the race. Now, now that was, I wasn't, I wasn't upset about that, Dan, because it was a stable winner, you know, and I, and and that that was great for them. The hardest part was walking off Rose Hill Racecourse <laughs> with all of these people yelling to me, "Oh, good on you, mate! I was on it because I saw you here." Like, so, so everybody on the course that they've, they've had a win, thinking I've had a win as well, uh. and I. I've got nothing in my pocket, but um, again, you know, I didn't mind the horse winning because the guys were such good people. But it was it was a little bit tough to take with my head down. Do you know who uh, who was uh, Sterlo was out of match winner? Oh, that's match, perfect match winner. This was a, was this the nineteen eighty seven Sterlo Sterlo or was it the, there was a later one as well? But 
the 87 Sturlow named after match winner, uh, that was clearly the year after you won in 1986. Uh, that, that was. Is, is this David Middleton? Am I talking to David Middleton? You, you, told me, you told me it was Joel Kane. <laughs> hey, Sturlow, you know what I'm trying to get Fox to replay? And I have very little influence there, so this is falling on deaf ears. The 1985 Challenge Cup final, I think, is the greatest game that no one here has ever seen. Now, Sturlow was on the losing team, but... Kenny on the other Kenny side. on the other team, Chicka Ferguson. Oh, Chica. It was an unbelievable game, Sturlow. And I've, have I got it right? You blokes played for those clubs. At the, You didn't even play for Parramatta until the Challenge Cup was finished in May. That's right. We, um, I actually went over there at the end of the 1982 tour, the Kangaroo Tour, Dan. Um, we'd, we came back and, and going into an off-season and I got a phone call out of the blue from the manager just saying that there'd been some interest from a club overseas in the English competition. And I'd never, ever even considered that because it wasn't that long earlier that there'd been an international ban on. So players you know, actually weren't going between between countries and, and obviously the seasons overlapped back then because yeah. um you know it's not a summer season like it is o- over there now so um i, I was young and carefree and 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 the, the club that had made the request was hull fc now if you go back and have a look at that 82 tour we snuck home at, at a ground called the boulevard um, which was hull fc's home ground it was the toughest match by far far tougher than than the test matches. So that had always stuck in my mind. And the crowd there is is unbelievable. Like, forget your, your Manchester United fans and that too. Like, the best fans I've ever played in front of, along with Parramatta fans, is the Hull FC fans. And that had stuck in my mind. So when my manager rang up and said that they were looking to um, see if I was interested to come for a short season, I actually was. So I went over, I think I played eight or nine games, just in, a, in our off-season type thing. Yeah. And when I came back, um, there was interest to go over for full season. And it just so happens my contract was sort of quite coming up at Parramatta. So I kind of exerted a bit of pressure <laughs> to say, well, look, you know, I'll re-sign, but I, I do want to go across there for a full season. So I did that, but um, there were a lot of guys. Brett Kenny went to Wigan. Eric Groth went to Leeds. Paul Taylor went to Oldham. Um, my, my brother-in-law Johnny Muggleton, um, he uh, he was there, he came across to Hull as well. So we went there, and a lot of people, you know, claim that it is the best challenge. The Challenge Cup is huge. You know, if 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 you don't do well in the Premiership, but you you win the Challenge Cup, it's like the FA Cup in in soccer. You know, all clubs play in it, and it culminates at Wembley. And years earlier, when Hull FC had played against Hull Kingston Rovers at Wembley in the Challenge Cup final. Basically, the whole town just relocated, mm. and somebody somebody put up a sign over the motorway saying "Last person out, turn out the lights." <laughs> um, it's it's just a pilgrimage to go down there, um, and we went and, and we played against, as you pointed out, Brett Kenny, uh, Chicka Ferguson was there. That the captain of the Wigan side was Big Graham West, a, a Kiwi uh, international. They had a very strong side. Sean Edwards actually played in a very young Sean Edwards. Yeah. And the only problem I have with it, Dan, is that everybody says it's one of the great games type thing. I'd rather it was a shit game and we won. <laughs> <laughs> to be but um, it, it, for the first two weeks in February this year, I actually went back to Hull um, and did some functions over there. And um, we had 700 people on a Sunday afternoon. It sold out in five minutes. Yeah. Wow. And a number, a number of the guys from that 85 side 
made the effort to come there, uh, including Lee Crooks, um, the, the, one of the best forwards I ever played with, Steve Knocker Norton, who I think behind Arthur Beechin is the best ball playing forward I ever played with. Wow, that's incredible. Um, oh, he was uh, well. Knocker played at um, Manly in the um, in the mm. mid seventies and won a premiership there. Um, so I, I had I had the best two weeks of my life um, early February and a, and a big part of it. I, I think I am better received in Hull than I am even in Parramatta. Huh. Um, so to go back there and the fact that they still remember what 35 years ago is is crazy. But they are just such wonderful people over there. And that game was I, I have very few regrets in my career, Dan. Um, but I think at the top of it is that I wasn't able to give them that. Oh. that Challenge Cup final win because they'd been to Wembley before and it was kind of this big millstone on their back. Yeah. Um, and I just would have liked to have played a little bit better and got the result. But uh, it's... Um, I guess what made it a little bit easier to cop was that Brett Kenny was the difference. He was a Lance Todd Trophy winner and he was... If Brett doesn't play, we win by 15. Yeah, boys, so YouTube. That, that kind of softened the blow. Everyone YouTube. It's one of Sturlow's best ever games. Wow. Like, you know how many great games Sturlow had? And yet, yeah, nah. Mate, I, I made it. I, I missed Sean Edwards for a try. Oh. Uh, mate, you nah, single-handedly, almost single Anyway, great game. 99,801 was the crowd. So, um, and, and I, was, I think it was one of the highest rated rugby league games ever because it was live on BBC. So can you imagine back in the day, there's only, what, three or four channels? Um, yeah, no, it, it's it. Yeah, it was. It, look, it was a great game as a spectacle, but it was it was disappointing. But I'd never played in front of nearly a hundred thousand people, and I can tell you, Dan, that the, the, I think the um, the uh, crowd capacity um, at Wembley, I think for soccer that year was a um, hundred thousand, mm. but for rugby league it was ninety eight and a half thousand. Because they say that generally rugby league supporters are bigger. Bit fatter and a bit lighter. <laughs> <laughs> and I think you find that's true. But I want to tell you just a quick one about it. About it. I've done this with you before, but yes. um, some things are meant to be. And there's one thing that's, that was meant to be in regards to a crowd was the first premiership that Parramatta ever won against Newtown in 1981. The official crowd was 57,000. 333, okay? Yeah. 57,333. Now, if you put that on a calculator, yeah. so it's kind of digitalised, yeah. and turn it upside down... Does it say boobs? It spells eels. Oh, <laughs> you're kidding. <laughs> no, you, you, mate, you, you check it out. Uh, it's, it's got an extra E in it, but 57,333, yeah. yeah. and you turn it upside down... I've done it now, Sterlo. You're exactly right. <laughs> And that was meant to be. Wow, we. Hey, quickly, Sterlo, just on the Challenge Cup, and I agree with you. Like, it's such a huge event. Now, my best mate, as you know, is Stephen Price. He's coaching the Warrington Wolves. Yep. And he actually, this is a story that many people don't know, but years ago, Trent Robinson uh, got in touch with Price about being his assistant coach. And Price at the time is a man, he's the most noble man you'll ever meet. And he'd done a handshake deal with Flano. He said, mate, I've done a handshake deal with Flano and that's enough for me. I can't do it, but I'd strongly recommend that you get in touch with Justin Holbrook, right? So he gets in touch with Justin Holbrook, who becomes Robbo's assistant coach. Now, lo and behold, these two guys, Justin Holbrook, Stephen Price, who both grew up in 
Mill Perapanania, coached by Chica Price, who's doing tough uh, life very, very tough at the moment. We All our prayers and wishes are with him right now. Pricey's dad. He coached those two uh, in under eights. And to think that those two young blokes from a battling suburb, you know, would meet yep. at Wembley, shaking hands with the Prince, you know, like it's, it's unbelievable. Like it's such, it's, it's a story, I believe, that was just heavily underdone here. It was such a huge story that those two would meet again at such a coveted area. It's a great, great story. And, and that's an indication of just what our game can give you. Like it's... Um, I know that, you know, premierships and medals and all of that kind of thing uh, are so special. But to have an opportunity... Mate, I was I was a young bloke um, living in Wagga Wagga and my father would wake me up when I was, you know, seven, eight, nine years of age, wake me up at 2am to come and watch the test matches from yeah, Great Britain. Yeah. Um, and, I, you know, I never, ever, ever forgot what Wembley looked like on television. Like the, the way that it was cut by mm. the mowers... Uh, the twin towers that were yeah. there. So for a young bloke, and I'll, I'll, just to add to your story, Joel, I never, ever, ever thought that I would get to go to Wembley to watch a game, let alone step out on the on the hallowed turf in front of nearly a hundred thousand people. Wow. You know, the, the, our game can provide some wonderful things. So, like, while we've got you, um, you know, so many kids under eights, under nines, they start playing rugby league and so on. But was there a sliding doors moment for you to actually make it to the big smoke, to make it to, you know, to the 21s, to first grade? Was there... Because people can easily be missed. Were you, were you always a star player? Did you make all the rep teams as a kid? Well, I'll tell you my sliding moment, Joel, was... Um, I, I, I was a good player when I was young, you know. But again, I wasn't fast and strong and all of those things. But, I, you know, I, I showed ability at it. But, but um, our family... My father was in the Air Force... And uh, my mum passed away when I was nine years of age. She she died of breast cancer. She was only 39, mum. Yeah. Um, and, and I was nine. And around that time, we were actually posted to Butterworth in Malaysia. And what I mean posted, you know, when you get sent overseas. Yeah. Um, and so as, a, as an eight-year-old or an eight-and-a-half-year-old, uh, I could have been living in Malaysia for the next four or five years because that's where my father's job with the with the forces was but on compassionate grounds because of, of what it you know what transpired yeah. with with my mum and and we we actually went from um well we we basically went from um we stayed in australia we 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 stayed at williamtown extra period time and then went to wagga wagga so i've often thought of you know, going to Malaysia where rugby league's not particularly strong at, at fairly formative formative years, um, how different things could have been, I suppose, for myself. You know, look, we might have, I might have come back and got back into it and who knows what would have happened. Mm. But I just think that that's, you know, those four or five years that I could have spent overseas could have could have been very, made things very, very different because I, I played junior reps and got noticed early on and actually signed with Paramount when I was 16, which way back then was, was young. So... Mm. Um, yeah, it was uh, obviously a very difficult period of, of mm. my life, but but one in retrospect, it ended up being a you know an important one, a, a, an important period as well. Who's your best mate, Sterlo, from those all those premierships? If you if you if again like on a more serious, if you had to be isolated with one of those players from the paradise, who, who would you want to be with? 
Mick Cronin would be the easiest. Hmm. Um, first, because he's a publican. Um, <laughs> um, he but us, he? he's, he's a pretty pretty easygoing bloke. Um, if I don't say Ray Price, I have to say Ray Price because he still scares the shit out of me <laughs> um, and would bash me because I didn't pick him up, uh, pick him as, as the first the first bloke. Um, one one well, thing you know with Ray too, I don't think the virus would come anywhere near him. He'd, be, he'd, he'd scare anything off Ray. He wouldn't allow it to, no. to come anywhere near him. Um, the guy I really got on well with and I really enjoyed his company, Ron Hilditch. Oh, I, think, yeah. I, think, I, I think Ronnie Hilditch is, is one of the toughest players I ever played with. Like he was, um, he, he was a, a hooker that, that was, had a very unusual build book. He was really tall and sort of became a front rower. And um, I, I saw him at marker one day and Rod Reddy was giving it to him. And Rod Reddy was playing the football and, and Ron Hildich threw this little left that travelled, I reckon, four inches and it lifted Rod Reddy six inches off the ground. <laughs> and nobody saw it. Uh, not many of us saw it. Um, he was just a, a tough man. And I'm not saying that that was tough, but I'm saying you didn't muck about with him and Rocket found out very quickly that that was the case. But always enjoyed his company. A really humble, humble guy. But um, I think that the great thing, Joel, is that even though it's all those years ago, we still see each other very, very regularly. Yeah. Um, I live on the Central Coast. You know, Brett Kenny's 10, 15 minutes away. Stevie Ellis, five minutes away. Terry Leibeater's up here. Pricey did live up here. Steve Edge and Peter Wynn are very, very good at organising us getting together. You know, every year there's a reunion um, and we get together at the very worst every second year, all of us, for, hey, for whatever Still, uh, you mentioned a name there and I, I, I love this bloke and he's the most under... He was a five-time captain... Steve Edge. Steve Edge, yeah. right. And he's a great mate of mine. He lives around the corner here. Well, he won comps with two teams. Two teams. He's the only captain actually to do... Is that uh, right? He's the only ever... It's a good trivia question. He's the only ever NRL slash uh, New South Wales Rugby League player to captain two teams to a premiership. Is that right, Sturlo? That's right, yeah. yeah. Uh, he's... And Edgy, you know, we used to... Edgy was blind. Like, he was... For, and for, for a hooker, we used to call him Python because he wouldn't strike. You know, like, he, he, he never saw the ball coming in. Yeah. Um, but he... The, the record he has as a premiership um, winner, but also just playing in grand finals, and in every club he played at, he was captain, which yeah. to me says a lot about the individual himself. I remember one moment in a game... Uh, we received a penalty, and the, ga- the game was in the balance, and and he called a move, and I I went up and I sort of said, mate, what, what about instead of that, why don't we put the ball out and we'll work for six and put a bomb up at the end of it? And he looked at me and he just said, just f and do it. <laughs> so we put we put what he did on, we scored from it, um, and from that moment on, it was fairly early in, in my career. Um, I never, ever, ever questioned anything he ever said because that was that was a start. It's, it's something I still remember that he called it, I questioned it, and he just said, just do it. Stella, you know, you know and, what? I, I honestly think he, he is one of the most selfless people I've ever met in my life. He seems he, like a champion he's bloke. A mo- it, honestly, for, for what he's achieved in the game, he's the most humble person. And yeah. he's got this little affection with my, my son as far as, you know, like... He's a witty sort of type, Edgy. He's always saying funny stuff. And my, my young son loves to parrot him. And, and one of the more recent ones was, and my son says this, you'll say, Nashy, how you going, Nashy? He'll go, I'm outstanding, but I'll get better. <laughs> <laughs> and, that's, and that's directly he, he from Edgy. He invited Pete, me you know? to his father one time, and I, I didn't get it for six months. He said, Sturlo, 
this is my um, this is my father, and my father said, "Yeah, my name's Cliff. Drop over sometime." Uh, Cliff Edge. <laughs> I, I, I didn't quit till six six months later, but they were just taking the piss out, out of me. Um, I, you know, Edgy. I think you'll find Edgy played in the first ever State of Origin game. Yeah, probably did. I, I tell you another thing about Edgy Pete that there was, you know, the big ad that Kylie Minogue was a part of. They were trying to attract the tourism from um, from England, which clearly can't happen now. But oh, this year, yes, yeah. the, the, it went viral. The ad. Yeah. Super Bowl. Uh, oh, you know, now it wasn't Super Bowl, but anyway, it was yeah. this year. My father-in-law and his cohort, which includes Edgy, they're in the mo- they're in the uh, they're in the ad. Is that right? They're, they're the ones in the budgie smugglers strolling across the beach at the time. Oh, yeah. Is that uh, right? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's a good man. Talk underwater with pebbles in his mouth, but he's great company. All right, what are you going to do to fill in the time, Stella? I mean, thank God we got the races. Thank God Mark Zara tested negative, so the poor bugger. <laughs> but I um, mean, we've got a vice. Because yeah. I can tell you, Sterlo, from the start of this podcast, Sean, Joel, and myself have already started punting on esports. <laughs> well, well, funnily enough, gentlemen, as you rang, I was just about to sit down and open the sportsman up um, and, and do a little bit of research. Um, have you got a tip for us for tomorrow, while, Sterlo? So give us, give we, us your we, best we're from actually Saturday. Doing an hour Sunday footy show uh, this week, uh, well, I think for weeks to come. So um, that'll be pretty much the only involvement. Um, this weekend, so I'll sit down to tomorrow and, and have a look through them because, um, you know, I, I was once told I asked people whose opinions I respected, you know, about about tips in life, and I'll never, you know, t- t- on the top of those, it's uh, when in doubt, back the top weight. The more you put on, the more you get back. Odds <laughs> on, look on. Don't run upstairs. All of those things can get you through life, Dan. Yeah, so I'm about to put them to the test again, but uh, I'll, I'll be sitting down and, and just watching, watching them um, like everybody else because I love my sport and there's not that much available no. to me. Joel, have you got? The, you said no, you're well, going to Pete, get. Pete's a closet um, esports watcher, so he watches the online games. <laughs> I've heard this yeah. year. So Pete, you, you've obviously done the form. Eight o'clock tomorrow. Evil geniuses take on 100 thieves. Have, have you got a, an opinion there? I've no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> um, so, but, but evil geniuses sound like they're very, very well named. I'm, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm on the geniuses. Yeah, well, genie, genie, I. Yeah, genie, I. Plural. Uh, One fifty nine. They're, they're the heavy favourites at the moment. We're, we're trying to make a tilt. Yeah, There's but... a bloke called Howe. He gets a bit nervous at work, Pete. And he's not used to the big traffic for esports. So we're trying to get everyone just to have a big tilt on 100 thieves and him thinking, what the hell's going on here? Is it fine cotton all written again? <laughs> <laughs> I will just leave you with one really quick story, guys. Yeah. Um, and it's it's about um, it's about Rabs. I thought we might as well finish with him. Yeah. We um we we back back in the day again. Um, we used to like to have a little. Fatty and myself used to have a little bit of investment on first try scorer um, <laughs> because it, it kind of added to our enjoyment, you know, of the game. And it was a test match at Wembley, <laughs> and rabbit, rabbits didn't travel out there with us. Uh, there was Fatty and myself, and, and our boss at that time was a man called Gary Burns, great man, great great man, sports director then. And it, so we we we, we travel out by train to Wembley, Australia playing New Zealand. And we get off and the, the long walk up to the Twin Towers, we're, we're walking along there and there just happened to be a William Hill betting shop <laughs> on, the, on the right-hand side. So Fatty and myself and Gary have, have wandered in and we've had a look at the first try-scoring market. Now, Stephen Menzies, who was scoring a try every week, was 20 to 1. Wow. We've had a look at some other players who were, who were quoted at a shorter price, weren't even playing in the game. <laughs> and, 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 
and B, it was 20 to 1. So Fatty and, Fatty and myself, we've, we've had 50 quid on him and gone in. Um, and early-ish in the game, left-hand side of the post, 20 metres out, Steve Menzies sweeps around. Hmm. I can't remember if it was Cliffy or <laughs> whoever, but some, someone, someone puts in through and, and Rabbits has gone, oh, and what a try. Here comes she. Menzies off the shoulder, brings it around under the post. Fatty and myself, we're doing somersaults. <laughs> we're bouncing <laughs> off, off, off the wall. And he's, he's put his hand over his mic. What have you done? What have you done? <laughs> <laughs> he goes back in the commentary. I mean, cruise position. That'll, this will be Australia 6. You blokes, you've you left me out, haven't you? You've been left me out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I don't think to this day he's ever forgotten us. And, um, but we had to stop. We had to stop actually having um, the first try score a little dabbling. <laughs> we have found it affected our, our call. Um, I, did, I did the worst thing, Sterlo. On Sunday, I had a multi going into Tigers versus Newcastle, and the worst thing I did was I showed Talis and Girdlam a betting slip, <laughs> which yeah. I, I needed Newcastle one to twelve. So they're starting oh. to. So when you, uh, for seven and a half grand, so for um, so they're riding with they they're just giving it to me because I'm trying to stay professional. It was actually an entertaining game, but I'm trying to stay professional, and they're just goading me the whole game. And I thought, I'm never get these bastards. I'm never doing this again. <laughs> nah, yeah, that's, mate, that's right, that's right. But uh, mate, I, I I was on Glen Lazarus at the Melbourne Cricket Ground, State of Origin. The dummy half goes across, drops him back on the inside. He scores the first try in a Melbourne Melbourne Cricket oh, Ground man. Origin game at fifties. And Mitch Newton almost fell over the line. To score a try for Canterbury at, yeah. at Belmore, or no, uh, ANZ, I'm sorry. Um, if you listen to my call, it's like they've run 50 metres <laughs> and been the whole side twice to score the try. Yeah, we're, we're too professional for that now. To, um, what yeah. about the time? Okay, to finish, to finish once and for all. You got caught on on Mike. <laughs> Isaac Luke gets in, uh, injured, and he's still on the back. <laughs> he's in my super coach. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was in the he was in the team, Dan. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny the important things that go through our mind at certain times in matches. Isn't it? Mate, I, you probably copped it. I can't remember, but we're all thinking the same. Don't worry, we're all saying we're thinking exactly the same thing. Yeah. It's 150,000 play super coach. Uh, we need our game back. We need know, it back as soon do. as possible. <laughs> <All right. laughs> it's taking away all these moments from us. All right, we're going to let you, mate. You're a star. You've always been. Joel, look after him, will you, with his account? Make sure he's. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he'll be looked after. Okay, very good. <laughs> There's nothing to bet on, Pete, but you'll be looked after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll give you some bonus bets for the expire in seven days. <laughs> <laughs> you won't get rid of them. Oh, I used to get done, though. Bloody Ben Hawes used to ring me. Can you tell Sterlow to put his bets on? They're going to expire. And I said, no, no, you don't understand. So he's waiting for the sure thing. He'll wait six months if he has to. <laughs> Trust me, Dan. They never expire. <laughs> <laughs> See you, Sterlo. See you, mate. Thanks, thanks, guys. Have a great weekend. I look forward to catching up with you all uh, during the course of uh, and hopefully sooner than later. Well, mate, we'll do this in a month. If we're still sitting here uh, talking uh, jibber, we'll, we'll ring you in a month. Well, mate, there's, there's a lot of stories to go, so whenever you want, I'm going to the end of the line. It's a date. Thanks, Sterlo. Right, See you, legend. See you, Sterlo. How good was that? What a champion. There you go. I think we've discovered uh, a new avenue on the uh, Sports Bet podcast. one whole episode dedicated to his betting escapades during yeah. his play. Oh. So I could listen to that for, for hours. Who's the person we could chase? Like, if we had to go through a similar... Uh... Well, I sent a text to Rabs last night, but with 
With Tex, you never know with Rab. So I'll yeah. give him. A, I'll give him a ring next week. He'll do it. Throw it out on the. Uh, throw it out on Twitter. Well, sure. you've got you've got the Broman hookup. Yeah, what's yeah, going? On? We're all keeping our, our very much distance, but Lovey's just turned up with two bottles of red wine. <laughs> this podcast could go for seven Does hours. Does Kobe not know we drove? Yeah, you, you're actually you're actually yeah you get an Uber. Home. <laughs> <laughs> I'll drive your I've car tomorrow. Get, I would I actually would, um, but um, I've got to get this back so I can we can get this lo- uploaded. <sighs> Sorry about that. There we. We well, who are we going to get? So, uh, uh, Big Man. Big Man's a target. Well, I All think right. throw it out on your Twitter, Joel. You know, Gus might be a target. Oh, I'd love to. Mate, imagine Gus punting yeah, stories. Yeah, Gus would be good. Okay. Gus would be good. I'll reach out to Gus. Yeah. I'll reach out to Gus. Uh, big Man. And just tell him it's punting story. Like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. that's all. We're not trying to no, break no, stories no, no, or anything. No. All, all right, beautiful. All Sounds right. like we've got a good few hey, weeks hey, By the us. way, and, and I want to do a shout out to a, plenty of our listeners who have had a say and bad beats. And Matty Tedeschi, he's got a... Um, He's got a, uh, a wrestling knockout, which we planned to do, but we just ran out of time. So, Maddie, thanks for tuning in there, and, and we will do that. So, what he did, Maddie, was... Yeah, no ideas are bad ideas. No, no ideas are bad ideas. So, what Maddie did was, which I quite like, he, he came up with a bracket, and he's already done it, where players would, would square off against each other. I might just come up with one of those. Wrestling or fighting? Wrestling. Okay. Wrestling. And uh, I'll bring that up now, but uh, I might even just post it. And you can have your say, but um, yeah, no ideas are bad ideas. So, hey, it's been pretty fun today, boys, isn't it? It was. Who would have thought? No footy, but we're still able to talk. Yeah, and the shit. fun's just about to start. Bigger yeah. contribution <laughs> from you next time, please, Sean. I mean, you before. just sat there in that <laughs> nah. Sturlo interview. But okay. the, the thing with thing with me, when someone like Sturlo comes on, I'm I'm just in awe of the bloke. Yeah. You no, guys, you guys are mixing those circles. I'm happy just to sit and listen. I'm yeah. one of the listeners. Stt, Sean the Trader. <laughs> um, did we get Jules's tips and? Ah. Uh, have we got a, and the other one's tips. Just, just pad for a minute. Okay. Can you That's your job, Dan. We haven't moved the market, I can tell you, Shauno. No, we will. Give it time. Okay. Give it time. We're well, on, we, we're not on it. We haven't posted the podcast yet, Dan. How yeah, but gonna... I put 20 bucks on oh, and you okay. put five yeah, bucks yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. How, how? He thinks, say, so, so Dan moved the uh, McCallie Rover lower market. And he thinks he's the shrewdest bike. <laughs> I oh, moved Michelle Obama to be the Democratic nominee. <laughs> that was a waste of money. That was uh, a waste of fifty geez. bucks. Ah oh, dear. I can't get. I'm, I'm struggling to get jewels. All right. Well, why don't we post them up yeah, on we'll, um, we'll, we'll Twitter them. or something? We'll get them there, folks. Three wide, no, ca- no cover. That's the place to go, anyway. And uh, most importantly, folks, <laughs> gamble responsibly. Gamble responsibly. Thanks, folks.